What's good? Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. Hello. How are you doing? It is December. What in the world? (laughs) How did we get here? (laughs) So fun. I've got a really strong word today, and I'm really excited to dive into it with you. The aim of this podcast is to equip, to empower, to release testimonies, to inspire God encounters. So, so much goodness can happen here, right? And so if you have been here and this podcast has been blessing your life, I want to invite you to go ahead and subscribe, share it with somebody that comes to mind. Sharing is totally caring. When somebody offers you a word right on time, think about that in your own life, how that totally changed your life, right? And a mind that is exposed to a new perspective can't go back to its old programming, okay? You can't unlearn something that you got exposed to. So if you would take a minute, subscribe to the God's Vibes podcast, and then on Apple Podcasts, when you rate the podcast five stars over there and leave a review, not only does that just delight my heart, (laughs) knowing that you're here, knowing that this is serving you, because we really put a lot of hearts preparation, planning, intention behind this. It's a full-time job just to podcast, okay? So your review, your five stars, your review would mean the world, but don't stop there. I want to make sure that I can bless you right back and send you the 30-day God's Vibes Matter devotional. So when you finish rating it five stars and leaving a review, go to julianapage.com slash podcast and put in your information and I'll make sure to get the devotional straight to you. Okay. Now the other thing inside Courage Co, www.courageco.org, you do need all the W's when you're putting it in your smartphone or on the internet on a desktop www.courageco.org. This is a free community designed to help you live your most courageous and impactful story because that's countercultural. We're trained to be cowards, unfortunately, and we're not trained to really have an impactful, meaningful, purposeful story. We're not. We have these stories that we don't really feel good living in, and that's just not it. That's not the abundant life that the Lord and Savior (laughs) has given you, right? So we are all about living your most courageous and impactful story, and we've got so much in there as well. So if you're digging what's happening here, you can join us for prophetic prayer calls, weekly virtual small groups that you can join, monthly training sessions, at least for now. Those might be going away, so you're going to want to jump on those. (laughs) And then also the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is a VIP mastermind. We've called it the Holy Spirit Boot Camp. This is a such a sacred community to really grow in relationship with the Lord. And there's also a Life Coach Certification Program with a wait list that is open right now, if you want to be a part of that. So you can be a part of that community. We do have a live training coming up. These are going to be on December 12th. That's a three-day challenge on spirit-driven entrepreneurship, which will be really, really great. This is how you can change your approach to what you're doing in the marketplace. And then we're also going to have a masterclass called Steward Your Best Life. There's a whole 
amount of talk around living my best life, but we're going to come at this from a totally different angle and it will bless your soul. Okay. So those are two free options that you can get involved in. If you do want the replays, we have bundled all of what we've done live, all of the live sessions, all of the coaching. We've bundled that for a real silly price into the Courage Co. Masterclass training bundle. You can also um, find that under a holiday bundle is what we've called that. We've really marked it down at a silly price to make sure that you get access to it for an entire year. So you can spend a whole lot of time on that content if you haven't been able to join us live. So make sure that you plug in Encourage Co. to be a part of those live sessions upcoming. If you are local, we are in Texas. We also do monthly meetups. So we're going to go see some lights and it's going to be so fun. (laughs) If you want to meet us live in person. So if you happen to be in Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, come to Austin, hang with us on December 16th. It's going to be a time. All right. So those are some updates that we have for you. We do have an information session this week on the spiritual life coach certification that starts on January 8th. So right now applications are open. You can get on the wait list and we're going to close those very soon so that we can start the enrollment process. So if you want to be in this next round, (laughs) make sure that you apply and that you hop on a live information session. We have one this Thursday at 1 p.m. Central to make sure that you get all of your questions answered. All right, let's do the thing. Let's go in. Let's dive in. So something that we do in the God's Vibes Mastermind which is currently 30% off, you might want to go to Courage Co. just for that, is we talk heavily about your inner development. Okay, for for a long time, I was a self-help junkie, if you will. I was big on personal development. I was seeking um, any, any way to, to get into high achievement, high performance, all of that. And that really just gave me a complex. Okay. That didn't actually have more peace in my life. That didn't help me access that. That helped me have more anxiety, (laughs) but there's just so much that I don't know. And so much that I can't figure out and so much that I can't attain. And I just feel out of sorts and all of that. So it wasn't until God was at the center of my life that I was really free of all that. I wrote about it in God's Vibes Matter, Reclaim Your Spiritual Authority. You've got to stop the search and seek the source. That's truly when you can be free of anxiety in your life, free of living from worry, free of running and running and running after all these things. And you don't even know why you're running after them, but you're running in fear, by the way. (laughs) Fear of failure, fear of not being successful, fear of not having enough, fear of not being enough, all of that. That is driving you. And that is robbing you of life and of your time here, okay? So something that I've always been really interested in is how you can develop your insides. Because I inherently knew that if my insides aren't right, there's no way that I can create outsides. But I didn't see a whole lot of people talking about that. And it wasn't until I really started investing in coaching that I really started to get it. Like, I personally think that everyone should just get certified just a human better. (laughs) All right, we just don't get these life skills. Think about it. Like, you're not learning it at home necessarily. You're definitely not learning it at school. Like, where are you learning it? So I had to do a whole lot of work to start getting trained up in the way I should go. And you really can't know that until God, right? So I think what's really, really interesting is that our 
anointing, our development, our next levels, all of that has to do with your insides, okay? And God will will do this thing, right, prophetically, where he'll give you glimpses and visions of where you're going, and he'll call you into things that you don't feel like you have the capacity for. That's the language we use, right? But it's really the insides. Like, I don't have the right mindset. I don't have the right a more emotional fortitude. I don't have the right spiritual maturity. <laughs> I don't have the right character. I don't have the right leadership. I don't have what it's going to take to be successful at that thing. And that freaks me out, right? A lot of times people don't even want to grow because of the responsibility, right? That scares them away. But you have to have a level of humility, right? Humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up because a lot of times God will show us a glimpse of something and then he'll prepare us in the process. We start activating what's in us in the process. You don't know what's in you until you're challenged to work it out of you, right? So he gives us the right picture and the right process and the right pressure, (laughs) okay? That's a thing, a picture of process and pressure to actually close the faith gap from where you are to what he showed you, okay? And that's a lot of what I'm doing when I'm working one-on-one with clients. So this on-the-job training, let's call it, right, is where the anointing is cultivated. When you're developing your insides while practicing and activating these gifts that God planted on the inside of you, you start actually seeing, right, your power, basically, you see you being transformed by the power of God, okay? And you start flowing in his power. That's the anointing. That's the amount of power that he puts into a vessel. We did a whole challenge on that, the power of the anointing, right? So what we've got to be determined to do is to come into agreement no matter what with God, okay, and with his power and how he wants to move in through and all around us. Because you really cannot change your outsides and man, can we try. We try to control, we try to manipulate things all around us to fix things and we don't even look at our insides, but you cannot change your outsides without your insides, okay? So what I thought might be really, really helpful when it comes to looking within is to talk about the character of love and what God's looking at, right? Man is looking at the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart, okay? So I've been in some interesting, you know, battles. (laughs) Um, And there's been an interesting theme that's been presented. We've talked about it. We did a social media challenge, right? Kingdom influencing, okay? Or how you can really be on social media, for God. Okay. Um, so while talking about that, we talked about how people right now in the generation that we're in, they can so easy, easily copy and paste and repost content and claim it as their own, claim it as their own original idea. So there's prophetic plagiarism, right? Somebody could copy a prophetic word and then say that they actually sat with God and got that word and then post it like God said, um, not okay. People also copy and paste content. People do it through AI, <laughs> right? So it's really, really interesting and they feel nothing about it. Like they just feel totally fine doing that and say that they slaved over it and worked really hard to create that. Meanwhile, the person that actually created that content and did wrestle with it for usually years of their life, right? is now the one having to, you know, fight maybe a legal battle around this if it's that intense, right? Or really walk through a hard situation 
And the person on the other side that stole or copied or plagiarized whatever they did doesn't even think anything of it. That's a problem, right? But this isn't a new problem. I, I know being in grad school, people were always afraid to put a screenplay out there, put their work in the world because they were so afraid of somebody stealing it, right? Um, but you really, something that they, they had said at the time was that nothing's original, um, which now, <laughs> from my renewed mind and spiritual perspective, you with God is an original, right? People can't truly copy you and your anointing. So I, I find that interesting, but that that has been around forever. Um, I saw there, there was a woman who decided to self-publish just because she felt like that was in her best interest to do that. And she had spent many, many years putting this book into the world. And then, I don't know if it was a year or two later, a younger girl came out with the same publisher that she decided not to traditionally publish with and copied her content, copied her brand images, copied her title, copied so much. And she actually politely <laughs> reached out to her and asked her to change the title. Didn't even ask her to change all the other stuff, but asked her to honor her and give her some dignity here and change the title. But this kind of stuff is happening. And I don't know about you, but it feels icky. It feels really, really icky. And so I just want to highlight here one thing, if you've ever wrestled with this, one thing that you can't steal, copy, or fake is the anointing. Okay, so people can literally verbatim copy and paste paragraphs of your work. Ask me how I know. People can literally take the good that you meant them and steal all of your content and repurpose it for their own personal gain. Well, that ain't how God works, <laughs> right? And if you're not careful, right, it says don't touch God's anointed, right? Like it's really, really important that you have a sense of what's going on here. But one thing that you can't steal, like if you've had somebody steal from you, it does not feel good. If you've had somebody lie on you, cheat on you, none of those things feel good as a human, okay? But Jesus had all of that stuff happen to him too, okay? So here's the thing. One thing you can't steal, copy or fake, but man, can you try? And people are really great at faking a lot of things, right? But one thing you can't steal, copy, or fake is the anointing, okay? So if you really want to transform your outsides, whatever it is in your, your life that's outside of you, your finances, your relationships, your business, your ministry, okay, your image, whatever that is, you have to get your insides right, okay? And just think about this at a very surface ground level. People that are lying, cheating, stealing do not have the right insides, Okay, people that do not know God personally and have not allowed him to do a work on their hearts, the Bible calls that foolishness, right? It's like the Bible actually uses the word dumb, right? Like they're not able to discern the things of God, right? Wisdom is not for fools, okay? So just know that just on a base level, right? So we don't transform our life from the outside in or by obsessing on the outside and doing whatever it takes at the expense of integrity to achieve things. Careful, careful, right? If you are tracking with something that's allowing you to compromise and you think it's okay, you are treading in the wrong direction, okay? If you are um, seeking your own personal interests at the expense of other people, careful, right? If you are moving in something that is out of integrity, right? That is not excellent. Be careful, right? Like there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to destruction. Sin is always going to lead you to destruction. Harming another person is not 
sowing unto righteousness. That does not ever end well. It just doesn't, okay? So pay attention when, when or what you are willing to say yes to at the expense of integrity, right? So are you staying at a job because the money's good, but it causes you to compromise? Are you in a relationship that seems good, but it's leading you straight into sin, right? Are you running your business copying other people and saying that's original and building on a lie? That's not building on a firm foundation. And unless the Lord builds the house, it won't stand, right? So really, really, really think about those things. We transform from the inside out and we can't do this on our own. And there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. It takes what it takes. The process that God has for us, the refining the, the work that's required for us to wrestle, to stay <laughs> on the potter's wheel, to enter into his rest, that cannot be short-circuited, right? We cannot just take a shortcut on that kind of journey. God's process takes what it takes, and he knows exactly what it's going to take, all right? So we need God to have the right insides. I know this to be true. In all of the seeking, I never had peace. I never had fulfillment. I never felt rest. Mm -mm. I just had to like keep going, keep achieving, keep on to the next thing all the time. And that's exhausting. Sure, maybe you accomplish a lot, but for what? And what do you really have to show for it? And what is it worth if like you're losing everything that's truly valuable to you? Nothing. We need God to have the right insights. Like if we knew actually how to heal ourselves, <laughs> if we knew how to break free of generational cur curses, if we knew how to be delivered, if we knew how to transform our heart from all the trauma that we walked through, if we knew how to actually renew our mind, we would do it. But we cannot do that without God and the work of the Holy Spirit, okay? So man is always looking at the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart. That's why we have to train ourselves to be God pleasers and not people pleasers. Because whenever we are man pleasers, we're easily manipulated, controlled, and led astray. It just is what it is. And you have to decide who the authority in your life is going to be. Is it you? Is it other people? Is it God? Who is it? Okay. But no, when you truly let God do a work in your heart, when you let him do a work in your heart, when you have the right insides, when you're anointed, when you are filled <laughs> to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, right? Fueled and filled by the Holy Spirit. When you're anointed, you're set apart. There's something different about you. And people don't quite know maybe what that is. They can't quite put their finger on it, but you are set apart. And it's this obedience to God, to his word, to the promises that are in the word, to the work of the Holy Spirit. It's this obedience that creates capacity for what's next in our life. Okay? When you have the right insights, when you're anointed, you're set apart. So maybe you, maybe you have been fighting some devils that nobody knows about. Those are really hard battles. That's why you want to make sure that you have great community around you. Spiritual advisors, sound counsel around you, pray, people that can be praying and interceding right along with you, right? Where two or three are gathered, <laughs> the Lord is in their midst, right? And one can put how many to flight? Two. Come on, you need people around you that can be praying and interceding with you, okay? So maybe you're fighting devils that no one can see. Maybe you've been overlooked. Maybe you've been overlooked, right? And that's okay because if you are sent to a place to truly do everything as unto the Lord and serve the Lord, you're not there for them, 
necessarily. You're there to obey God. And so sometimes God causes you to be overlooked on purpose. (laughs) That's part of the purpose, okay? So when you're overlooked, which doesn't feel good, when you're rejected and when you're denied, know that God is up to something. If God allowed that, he might not have caused that, but if he allowed that, he is going to shift that in your favor and work it for your good, okay? God's just not finished yet. So don't stop there because when you stop there and you get caught up in bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness, you really get stuck, okay? There will come a moment. Here's what you got to know. There will come a moment when your insides can't be denied, but that's only going to happen when you're cultivating them. All right. You will not have to explain who you are. Your only job is to stay planted and rooted and grounded in who that is. Stay connected to the vine because who you are will speak for itself. Okay. This is why confidence is quiet. Insecurities are loud. People that tell you that they're so spiritual, (laughs) maybe are not because they wouldn't have to tell you, right? People that, that say that they're so humble, maybe they're not because they have to tell you, right? The word is clear. Don't give praises to yourself. Let other people do that. Okay. Don't let praise get to your head and don't let criticism get to your heart. The only approval that you need is God's approval. Okay. That's the safe place to be. All right. But who you are, when you are authentically being who you are and cultivating that all of the time behind the scenes in private, right. And being about that in the world, right. That will speak for itself and it will be attractive, right? Like it's actually refreshing when people aren't faking who they are, (laughs) when people aren't lying, when people aren't trying to be somebody they're not. Like you can tell, you can feel it, okay? Just like you can pick up on somebody's vibe, like there's so many ways to detect a liar, (laughs) right? Just like you can pick up on that and discern that, you can also authenticate what is real, what is true, what is pure, what is noble, what is right, what is praiseworthy, okay? So here's the thing. Don't get upset when people are distressed and start revealing themselves. Okay, we actually see this with Saul and David, right? Saul starts manifesting, okay? (laughs) He starts revealing what is in his heart when he feels threatened by David. Okay, you might see this around you too, right? And God created that in this story, which is really, really interesting. So just pay attention All right. God is not mocked and a man will reap what he sows. And that's why it is so important to be intentional about what you're sowing and also to live a repentant lifestyle. Okay. Pray for your enemies and those who spitefully use you. Those who cheat on you, those who lie on you, those who steal from you, they know not what they do. Because if they really knew what they were doing and what the consequence of that is, they wouldn't do it. All right. So their insides are clearly not reflecting God's. All right. So this is really, really hard because the human tendency is to want to get angry, to want to go fight it in your own strength, to want to go say something, to want to go attack, to want to go defend, to want to cut loose. Right. But that's not it. No, when you have the right insides, you don't have to control the outsides. Let God handle it. He is your vindicator. So keep your mouth shut, move in wisdom, pray, intercede, fight this thing spiritually and let God work, okay? Having a spirit of distress come upon you or restlessness come upon you is not fun, okay? God knows how to contend with those that contend with you, okay? 
It's not, it's not pretty. That's why you pray for your enemies, all right? Fear God, not man. Invest in your insides, okay? If you actually start investing in your insides, you'll give a lot more grace to other people because you know how much work it takes. Behave wisely. Behave wisely. Don't behave in such a way that would cause other people to stumble. Allow God to deeply and completely transform you from the inside out. Let Holy Spirit have the right of way in your life. And then you and your life will never be the same. Okay? There's going to be stuff that comes up and challenges you. But when you are in relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit, that changes everything. So before we actually dive in <laughs> to the teaching today, hopefully this is helpful. This feels like a timely, relevant word for somebody. Assess how are your insides? How's your mind? How's your heart? How are your emotions? What's going on in there? How's your heart? What are you sowing? Really, really take a deep look into that, okay? So here, if you're wondering, right, how can I really work on my insides? That's what I want to offer. You can really focus on the character of love, okay? So we have a tendency to study fear, but you can study love, and love is not weak at all. And you're going to find that out real quick, okay? It says in 1 John 3:18, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Okay? There's people that can quote the word, the devil can do that. There's people that know the Bible, the devil knows that, but people that live it different. So we're really fruit inspectors, okay? Fruit inspectors is having some wisdom and discernment about who has access to you. Okay? And who is trustworthy? Who knows the Lord? Who can speak into your life? You've got to have wisdom, okay? And then that'll help you have the right boundaries with people. Not everybody deserves access to you. Not everyone can handle that. Some people have access to you and they abuse that. That teaches you what new boundaries to put into place, okay? So let's talk about the character of love and what it means to have some good, healthy insides, okay? Words of love, what we just heard, are good. They're good, right? Like encourage yourself in the Lord, encourage one another in love and good works, right? Actions of love are better. They really are, right? Don't tell me, show me, okay? Even in film, as I mentioned, there was another great teaching that we embraced, which was show, don't tell. Whatever you feel like you have to over-explain, it's not powerful enough, okay? If you can't show it in a scene, you gotta get clear. Love can be seen and felt in many ways, and it has specific character traits. Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says this, love endures long <laughs> and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, pride. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude and unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Watch that. For it's not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. What? It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Hold up. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Interesting. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when truth and right prevail. 
Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. That's why you can even pray for your enemies because they know not what they do. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Come on. (laughs) Love endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Woof! 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Okay? Unreal. Each quality Paul mentions in this passage is a character trait of love and should be individually considered and practiced. Make it practical, right? Practice is what makes it perfected in you. And the more we practice a skill, the better we become at it. So that's why even when you hear great information, that might not do a thing for you, right? Because you can hear something but not practice it. And then what was the point of hearing it? You just wasted your time. So practice love and you will begin to excel at loving other people. And you have to genuinely desire this. Those who don't desire this will never do it. So Let's take a look at some of these characteristics so you can understand each one to grow in your ability to express it, okay? And you can already start by declaring that you are love. So put your name, say, I am love. You can declare this all the time. And then you start actually working towards creating this. God, help me to express your love. Help me to be about your business. Loving him and loving others. (laughs) Okay, so number one, love is patient. Love can be seen and felt as we are patient with the weak and erring, okay? Most people in the world today are in a hurry and don't even know what they are hurrying to do. Anyone? (laughs) I've lived here, okay? The hurry habit causes us to be impatient with others, super moody and irritable, right? Just watch people driving on the road right now during the holidays, right? Especially if they make mistakes or don't move as fast as we'd like them to move, (laughs) We want people to be patient with us and actually become offended when they're not. That's really weird, right? But we are not always willing to give others what we want them to give us. Check that out. You got to sow what it is that you want to receive. Okay? Impatience of this kind is a weakness. Okay? And it, it takes prayer to really grow. Okay? And a lot of times when we start actually dissecting love like we're doing today, we see where our room for improvement is and how much room we have to grow. All right. Patience is long suffering. It really is like we we can suffer well. That was really radical when I learned that. I'm like, oh, suffering is part of life. Okay, but we can suffer well. Okay, patience is long-suffering. It does not give up easily. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit that only grows under trial, does not grow when things are easy or going the way you want them to. And we are usually reluctant to pray for this because it means an increase (laughs) of situations that will require us to be patient. Okay, I learned that the hard way. I didn't know better. Nobody warned me. (laughs) The Apostle James describes a patient person, a patient person, there we go, as mature and complete, not lacking anything. Says that in James 1.4. This means that patient people are totally content with their current circumstances because they trust God and believe he always has a plan that will ultimately benefit them. How awesome is that? Without patience, it's hard to love people who are easy to love and basically impossible to love those who are 
hard to love, right? Love ain't easy. Some people will never change. And in order to love them, we must be willing to put up with the same flaws over and over and over again, just like God does with us. So think about it that way. I think when you think about how patient God is with you, then you're like, who am I to not be patient with other people? When God is patient with me like this, like I've got it in me. I've received that. I can give it. Okay. I am a bottom line person. I teach this even as a skill in coaching and can usually get to clarity of a thing pretty quickly, okay? And if that is taken out of context, right? If somebody is really great at being direct, but they don't have compassion, that is dangerous, right? Because then we could really hurt people, especially when we need to be patient with them. Sometimes people do not do well with direct communication. So for example, I learned about myself. I had been groomed, okay? Or grown up through a lot of, let's see, direct uh, coaching, (laughs) being told what to do, Um, a lot of direct feedback, a lot of it unwarranted, right? A lot of pushing and forcing through athletics, for example, just like saying some like really awful and sometimes demeaning things to get outcomes, which never felt good, but I didn't have even a way to defend myself growing up, right? So later in life, I learned I have this loud inner critic because it was cultivated for years. But that's actually not how I thrive. Like I actually thrive with some encouragement, like even a little will do, right? Like an acknowledgement of what's going well. I actually That gives me fuel (laughs) way more than all of this bullying and uh, oppression does, okay? So when I started to learn that, it was really interesting. I had to start learning to be really patient with myself because I hadn't learned how to have my own back and how to encourage myself. And I had to really learn how to do that because I really learned how to not do that, okay? So without patience, it's not just hard to love people. It's hard to love you, all right? It's really important. Love compels us to accommodate others at times, and we don't always have to adjust to do what somebody else would want us to do, okay? We might encounter someone who's eager to play and have fun and doesn't understand the responsibility that we have (laughs) on a particular day, and we can't just throw or cast aside our responsibility and do whatever that person wants, but we can lovingly explain that we have things to take care of that are important that were already planned, right? And if a person loves you, they're gonna understand that you have a commitment, right? They're not gonna take that out of context or you know, let that derail the friendship that they have with you. They're going to get it, okay? The closer the relationship is, however, the more important it becomes for us to know what the other person in the relationship needs and wants so that we can provide that as often as possible, okay? Love is giving people what they need, not what we need. Love is giving people what they need, not what we need, okay? So really, really think about it. Next, love is kind. Kindness is selfless, compassionate, and merciful. It cannot be earned because it's a gift and can only be received with gratitude. So when we're kind to others, we do for them things they have not earned or deserved, And if we want to see a picture of kindness, all we need to do is look at Jesus. 
Okay, he was not nice, but he was kind. And we often talk or hear about random acts of kindness. And this means doing something kind for someone we may not even know. And who certainly has not done anything to earn the kindness we may demonstrate to them, right? The world we live in right now (laughs) is a harsh place. And it is our privilege as children of God to show kindness to other people. That is a privilege. You are able to do that, but you can choose not to do that. Some people do not know how to receive kind acts of grace because they've spent their whole life trying to earn everything they get. This is even a hard thing to learn with God, that we don't earn our worth with God. We don't have to prove that we're worthy. We just are. God is kind and he gives to us far more than we deserved and often withholds punishment that we do deserve. He's so good in that way. William Penn said this, I expect to pass through life but once. If therefore there be any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to a fellow human being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it as I shall not pass this way again. So I want to encourage you, take every opportunity that comes to show kindness for it's truly one thing people absolutely need like their love tanks are empty and it melts hard hearts and it heals wounded ones especially when it comes from a total stranger and when we do something kind for somebody for no reason except to be kind it carries a power that can truly change the world and it definitely changes their world so just imagine how different the world would be if everyone were kind to one another it's really really challenging to even picture that it would surely be wonderful (laughs) you can make a difference in a life today just by being kind just by being kind. Look somebody in the eye. Smile at them. Let them go in front of you at the grocery store. Whatever it is. Pay for their coffee. I don't know. Get creative. When you're looking for ways to be kind, more and more will come to you. Three, love is not envious or jealous. This is a big one, especially in the social medias. Love rejoices when others are blessed rather than being envious or jealous of them. Right? Check out what's going on in your heart with that one. A person who loves trusts God to give them what is right for them at the right time. They don't manipulate. They don't lie, cheat, steal, copy, plagiarize, right? They trust, they trust God to give them what is right for them at the right time. So think about things. Somebody is um, getting pregnant when you really want to have a baby. Somebody is getting married when you've been waiting years of your life to get married, right? Somebody bought this home and you're just still living in an apartment, right? It is so easy to suddenly jump out of gratitude and get jealous and envious when we have the wrong perspective. They are not in competition with anyone else. Somebody that loves and trusts God is not in competition with anyone else because they are secure. (laughs) They're secure enough to not need to compare themselves with other people. Another great quote, a competent and self-confident person is incapable of jealousy in anything. Jealousy is invariably a symptom of a neurotic insecurity. (laughs) Well then, right? According to Proverbs 14.30, jealousy and envy are strong enough to rot our bones. Yikes. I don't know. That doesn't sound good. I've broken some bones and that does not sound great at all. The best way to avoid jealousy and envy is to admit when we feel it, confess it to God, and ask for his help right away. We can even 
take some aggressive action and buy the person we are jealous of a nice gift to let them know and let the devil know we refuse to live according to his wicked ways. Mm -mm, Ain't going to do it. I'm not going to partner with you today. I'm going to choose to serve God today. We can and should also pray for the person to succeed in all they do. We don't delight in what is evil. We delight in what is good. We delight in people being successful and what God has called them to do. Love is something we must seek, pursue, and put on intentionally. We put it on. We simply can't just wish to feel like it, right? And only act lovingly when we do feel like it. People experience jealousy when they are afraid that somebody else will get ahead of them. See where the lie is? They are afraid somebody will get ahead of them, look better than they do, have something they want, be more popular than they are, or cause them to lose some type of status that they have. But the truth is that if we trust God, no one can take away anything God wants us to have. They can't do it. They can try. The weapons might form, but they will not prosper. Okay? You might remember King David, who I was talking about in the Bible, and Absalom, his son, and trying to take the kingdom from David, Absalom worked behind David's back to gain favor with the people. Absalom eventually won the hearts of people, and David had to flee from the city with his household. That can't feel good. He said, take the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the Lord's eyes, he will bring me back and let me see it and his dwelling place again. But if he says, I'm not pleased with you, then I'm ready. Let him do to me whatever seems good to him. This is in 2 Samuel. Absalom ended up riding a mule under the thick branches of an oak tree. His hair got caught in the tree and the mule went on, leaving Absalom hanging in the tree where he was eventually killed by Joab and his men. David had continued to walk in love towards Absalom no matter what he did. There's a lesson right there. And he mourned his death as though Absalom had done nothing wrong to him. Character. (laughs) We can see that instead of becoming jealous, David left the situation to God, knowing that Absalom could not take the kingdom unless God wanted him to have it. Those who know how to trust God save themselves a lot, a lot of heartache and unnecessary suffering. They walk in love, knowing that God will always do what is right and best for them, and understanding that no one can take what God wants them to have. Hear that. No one, even if they try, can take what God wants you to have, okay? And a lot of times, he uses it for your good and gives you double for all that trouble, okay? I think that it is very human to feel jealous sometimes, right? But we can be determined not to put up with it because we know it's not pleasing to God and it's foolish on our part. Like, it does not produce any good fruit. So you can pray against it and it will just go away, all right? And it's nothing more than a ploy of the devil to try to make you miserable and prevent you from loving people, okay? Jealousy keeps us focused on what we don't have and prevents us from being thankful for what we do have. So don't get caught up in it. Don't take the bait. Four, love is not proud or boastful. (laughs) Try telling this to anyone in the world, right? Simply put, love doesn't think more highly of itself than it should because people who walk in love don't spend much time thinking about themselves. Interesting. 
Their minds aren't on themselves, but on how they can bless other people, okay? When you look at people that truly want to love and serve other people, they're highly effective at doing that, and they're super busy doing that. They don't actually have any time to be focusing on themselves, all right? The humble person has no problem saying, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, but the proud find these words difficult to even utter. They can't even get them out. Pride wants to be seen, to be first, and to know more than others do. It seeks to be noticed and admired, frequently gives opinions, and thinks it is right in every debate. Here is what Proverbs says about that, though. Pride always comes before destruction, but humility comes before honor. Which one do you want to choose? People who are proud boast of their accomplishments and talk incessantly about all they're doing, right? So they're not thinking about serving people and truly being of service. They're just thinking about themselves. They rarely, if ever, give any credit for their success to God. They try to take it all or anybody else. They don't let you have any of the credit. Like if you work for somebody that's really prideful, you will never get any sort of acknowledgement for all of your effort and all of your sewing ever. Don't even expect it. But if people are willing to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift them up at the right time. Says this in 1 Peter 5.5. So love does not boast of its own accomplishments because it knows it could accomplish nothing without God and without the people God gives them to help. So love delights in giving credit to others and in making them look good. Not in taking from them, robbing from them, stealing from them, hurting them in some kind of way. So the better we make somebody else look, the better we look too. Think about that. Like when you are witnessing somebody be really prideful or jealous, how does it feel? Usually you get a check in your spirit. You're like, ugh. Like it just feels gross, (laughs) right? But when you see somebody showing honor, when you see somebody championing somebody else, when you see somebody encouraging somebody else and building them up, you're like, yeah, like you want to get behind it too. Like it actually is life-giving. The better we make somebody else look, the better we look too. Humility is a beautiful quality. And when we have it, people actually admire us for it. Humility gives to us what we're trying to get for ourselves through pride without success. That is just a whole (laughs) golden nugget, okay? Humility gives to us what we try to get for ourselves through pride without success. It's a word. Pride was also the sin that caused the devil to be kicked out of heaven. So there's that. That's Isaiah 14, 12. And it truly is the root of all sin. Pride always says, I, I want, I need, I did, I will, I am awesome, right? Love is not proud because love is concerned with the welfare of other people, while pride only cares about itself. Humility is probably one of the most difficult fruits of the Holy Spirit to maintain because the enemy always whispers, what about you? He tempts us to continually think about and be concerned about what will happen to us. He tries to convince us that if we don't take care of ourselves, no one will. But that's not true because God will always take care of us if we trust him to do so. Okay. God wants us to take care of others while he takes care of us. Right. That's how we look like him and model him. And while we're busy doing that, he handles all of our business. If we 
give him that opportunity, we will soon realize that he takes better care of us than we could ever take care of ourselves. If you know this by personal experience, you'll start trusting God sooner. (laughs) Thomas Merton said, pride makes us artificial and humility makes us real. So good. The truest characters of ignorance are vanity and pride and arrogance. Five, love is not rude. Rudeness is sadly one of the hallmarks of our world today. Like even just like mean and hateful, actually. People push to get ahead no matter who they hurt along the way. It's my world kind of vibe. Please and thank you are not in your average human's vocabulary. They take the parking place you were waiting for. They leave messes for other people to clean up. They throw trash out of the car window. They interrupt people when they're talking. All sorts of things like that, right? They speak harshly to those who are being patient with them. Or they lack compassion when others are hurting. Simply put, they just don't care about others. They think only of themselves and don't consider whether their behavior hurts or injures somebody else. So I know a few people who have excellent manners. Excellent. And being around them is actually really refreshing. (laughs) When I'm with them, the entire atmosphere just seems to be good, right? And I know too, growing up, we had to learn all sorts of etiquettes and manners and go to all sorts of classes on that too, right? And a lot of times this is not taught. And a lot of the problem is that today we're learning from people that weren't taught excellence and morals and manners and all of that. Common sense teaches us that if we want other people to like us, we need to have good manners. (laughs) Even if no one taught that to you, you can learn from God's word. And if you find someone with good manners, you can learn from them too. Study what they model for you. Good manners show consideration and respect for other people. Be willing to learn good manners and begin to practice them. In fact, I really do also recommend researching good manners on the internet, (laughs) right? If you don't know how to human, research, do some research. You're going to find a lot of great examples of really proper ways to behave. Number six, love is not self-seeking. There's no self-made, right? (laughs) Best life, me and mine, right? Like it's not self-seeking. Self Where the problem with this is, is it's turning inward, but love flows outward. So you just cut off the flow. Okay. And one of the main signs of, you know, the end times is selfishness. And we see this like crazy in the world. We see it all over the place, right? There's nothing wrong with doing things for yourself. And you do need to care for yourself, right? But if that's all we do, and if that is brought to an extreme, which we're living in today right? That's where it goes wrong. We should be serving, giving, and doing all we can to help people live well and make their lives better. And it's impossible to be selfish and happy at the same time. So you might get what you want having been really ruthless in attaining that, but you aren't going to feel fulfilled and beautiful in that. If all I have room for in my life is me, I will live a very narrow life and be very unhappy. Right. Think about that. A lot of times people start reflecting on this during the holidays, like the holidays sort of show you your depth of relationship. Right. What you're grateful for, what you prioritize, what you um, find valuable 
to you. The holidays sometimes mirror back that for people, and that can be heavy if you haven't been investing in what truly does matter and bring life. Being unselfish may be the most difficult facet of love to develop, but with God's help and the work in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Okay, so the key is to start finding yourself when you're being selfish, like be on to it. Okay, so you're, we're not out here to arrive like we're always in process. Our job is to just stay on the potter's wheel. And Jesus said that if we want to be his disciples, we must forget and lose sight of ourselves and our own interests and take up our cross and follow him. Okay, so the cross we are asked to carry is living unselfishly. And it sounds easy, but it is not. (laughs) Unselfish living must be sought after with ardent zeal every day of our lives. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. So perhaps we can begin with one unselfish act each day and build from there. And when we've spent a lifetime of trying to make ourselves happy, we probably can't conquer selfishness all at once, okay? And I know too, even going through a lot of dysfunction, trauma, all of that, that can make you selfish unintentionally, right? And when you start healing, you start recognizing how small your world has been. It's been about you and how you've been hurt and how you've been blocked or held back or mistreated, right? And because of that, there's been no flow of love through you. Okay, and it's not been flowing into other people, right? It's been focused on that. And so that can be really hard. I know for me, seeing how self-focused I had been was not really fun to sit in, right? But when you start seeing that, right, you start humbling yourself and you start, God starts doing a softening of your heart so that you can flow in his love again. Okay, so again, when we've spent a lifetime trying to make ourselves happy, you probably can't conquer this all at once, but you can conquer it with God's help. And he's told us to love and that love is not selfish. So with his help, it is possible to become an unselfish person. There's no, oh, I'm just this way. This is my personality. No, 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 no. Okay, next one. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. Wow. Wow, I can feel the eye rolls. (laughs) I would have to say that many people in the world today are touchy and easily offended, but love doesn't behave that way. It does not. It never holds a grudge, but quickly forgives just as God does. And at one time in my life, I kept records in my head, right? Or, you know, it was just a movie in my mind of things that had been done to hurt me, right? I could list them. Um... But remember this, the more quickly you let go of an offense, the less likely it is to take root in your soul. And you don't want that stuff making a home in your soul. Don't let negative memories poison your soul. They will. They will. And they will choke out the new thing that God wants to do. They will only make you unhappy and prevent you from being able to love people, which is what you want in your life, right? Like a lot of times when we've been hurt, we just want to have these beautiful relationships in our life, but you have to heal for that to happen. Bitterness makes all of life bitter, but love makes it better. Even when people who are easy to get along with, they'll hurt us at times, right? And we must be able to quickly let go of pain and offense, or we're going to open a door for the devil to torment us, right? Like he loves working through weak and wounded people. And he's always looking 
for whom he can devour. So let's practice being the kind of people who are almost impossible to offend. And I don't want to waste any more of my time being angry, upset, or offended due to being touchy, right? And I'm sure that that's true for you too. Like I want to be sensitive to God, but not sensitive to things that really don't matter. So the best way to remember Well, let me say it this way. The best way to not remember (laughs) the evil that's been done to you is to forget it as quickly as possible, right? Like it's a choice what you keep in remembrance. God says, put me in remembrance. That means like if a memory comes up for you, you can choose how much attention you give it. Don't keep a mental list and keep reminding yourself of all the things that have been done to you or you will never get over them, right? This is why... I don't always advocate just for talk therapy, okay? There's a point where therapy is really effective for you, but if you're just talking it out, you're continuing to live into a reality that you don't want to stay in, okay? When I found out about coaching after therapy, I was like, okay, now it's time for me to become radically responsible for my own life. Like, that stuff happened. That was not good. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? When you put on all your energy on being who you want to be on this earth to be and doing what you and only you can do, you ain't got time (laughs) to be just like sitting in and dwelling in the past anymore. Okay. God forgives and forgets our sins, which is what we should do in our dealings with other people too. And another helpful strategy is to believe the best instead of the worst about people in every situation. And I think too about capacity, right? Like I'm not going to expect wisdom from a fool. I'm not going to expect excellent behavior from somebody who's morally corrupt. I'm not going to expect kindness in somebody who practices evil and enjoys it. Like I'm not, right? Like it just would be silly. I'm not going to do it, okay? So when you start looking at the capacity that somebody has and what they're actively cultivating, and you'll know this by what they're talking about because what they're talking about is what they're storing up in their heart. And you'll know it and how they move. Study how they move. Not, Not even what they say, study how they move. And you'll see what you need to see. Love always believes the best of everyone, right? Like I'd rather be right about, right? Like I'd rather be wrong in believing the best about somebody than wrong in believing the worst, right? That doesn't feel good. I'd rather believe the best, okay? And be wrong than believe the worst and be right. This facet of love enables us to do the letting go of hurts and offenses, okay? When you believe the best, you don't hang on to that stuff. How can we forget the pain people cause us unless we're willing to believe the best of them? We really can't, okay? A lot of times in relationships, if you know that somebody truly loves you and doesn't intentionally want to hurt you, then you can have that as a baseline, okay? And then if they do hurt you, like it's still like they didn't intentionally hurt me, like something else was going on here that had nothing to do with me, but I'm going to miss that if I am not believing the best, and storing up vain imaginations in my mind about how this person is evil and how they're, right? Like, we can do that, (laughs) right? We gotta really be careful. The question is always, did that person hurt me on purpose or did I get hurt because I am touchy, okay? Often when people hurt us, it's because they are hurting and they don't even realize how their actions affect other people. They're just blind to it. They know not what they do. God's word teaches us not to offend or take offense, okay? Proverbs 19.11, Matthew 5.23 talk about that. 
two people have responsibility. But if one refuses to do their part, it does not alleviate the other person's responsibility to do theirs. It just doesn't. So if someone does something intending to offend me, it doesn't mean that I have to take offense. Powerful. So really, really think about that. Believing the best of people prevents us from wasting energy on anger that isn't necessary. And we can choose to believe the best about someone just as we can choose to believe the worst. And we can be suspicious or we can be positive and trusting. Of course, we tend to think we don't want to let anyone get away with hurting us and not protect ourselves. But on the other hand, we can trust God to protect us since his, he promises to vindicate us in Psalm 35, 23. Wise people do what they can do to enjoy their life and choosing to believe the best is something we can do that will help us live joyfully, peacefully, and with a sense of purpose. The things that happen to us are not as important as our perspective of them. The way we look at people or circumstances is very important because a positive perspective can turn a bad situation into a good one. If you've been hurt in the past, it may have caused you to be suspicious of people and you may assume they intended to hurt you. And I understand that feeling, right? And, you know, at one point you might even have an attitude that you can't trust anybody. But God has taught me personally that having that perspective is a miserable way to live. I would rather trust people and be wrong occasionally than be suspicious all the time and miss relationships or experiences with people who are trustworthy. Someone said that suspicion is the cancer of friendship. For sure. And just think about that. Especially a lot of marriages dissolve over that. We cannot be foolish and assume that no one will ever hurt us. But neither should we be suspicious and assume that everyone will hurt us. So really, I urge you here, believe the best for you will be a much happier person if you do. And you want to build on trust okay, and work towards building that, especially if it's been broken, because that suspicion can really create a whole lot of misery, okay? And you're going to be looking for bad things all the time, and that's not the best use of you and your energy. Love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. It's not celebrating and having a party over that. Love grieves over injustice, People who love always want what is fair and right, not only for themselves, but for other people. And love doesn't like to see people mistreated. And we should really care about others and their pain, and we should pray for them diligently. We should also do whatever we can to relieve their suffering if opportunities present themselves. Love cannot just look at unjust, unjust situations and simply not care. That's not how it operates. So through the media, we hear of so many things, especially now. Right. But we we might not be able to fix all of what we see, but we can care and we can make sure that we don't allow our hearts to become hardened by the frequency of all that we're inundated with. We can all do something and doing something will make a big difference. We can financially support different things. We can volunteer to help where we can. We can pray. Right. But you really don't want to get accustomed to hearing injustice in such a way that it doesn't touch or affect your heart. Not good. And lastly, love never fails. The kind of love that God has bears up under anything that comes. We can't do that, but with God we can. 
This love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It says that in Romans 5, 5. And it endures everything without weakening. It is determined not to give up on even the most difficult people. Ah! <laughs> right? We really learn to love like God through really difficult people, right? Really think about that. Forgiving people that are hard to love is not easy, but in some ways it's easier than hating people. And God will give us the grace to walk in love because truly his love does not fail. And it's difficult to keep showing love to someone who never seems to appreciate it, but we are not responsible for how others act. We are only responsible for our own actions and for what's flowing in, through, and out of us, okay? So make the decision to do what is right no matter what anyone else does. That keeps you in a position of power and you will be a happy person. (laughs) So don't fail to walk in love because love never fails. So I hope this is helpful. I don't know about you, when I study the character of love and when I study all these traits, it's convicting, it's humbling, it's sharpening, right? Like it shows me where the work is, where the refinement is still needed, where there's weakness, where I can evolve, where I can press into God in new ways, okay? So my encouragement is to listen to these qualities, go back and read them and study them and ask God to help you embrace these and be busy about his business in the world. This will help you again to live as a happy person. It will help you to flow in God's love. It will help you live a life of dignity and purpose and meaning that is so full and fulfilling It will just radically transform every part about you and your world. It is worth the investment. It is not easy, but it is worth the investment. All right. When you think about a legacy, what legacy would you rather leave? (laughs) Right? Really, really think about that. All right, y'all. I hope this message blessed you. Join us for free trainings that we got coming up. Spirit Driven Entrepreneur and Steward Your Best Life. This month, they're going to be great. You're going to get live training, teaching, coaching. It's going to be fun. We have a great time on those. And make sure if you want to join us and what we got going on in Courage Co., come join the free community, www.courageco.org. All right, everybody, until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that, a community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire, walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. 
embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.